Hi, everyone. Um, thank you for joining us uh, for another edition of Screen South Asia. I'm just going to kick things off by playing the trailer from the film that we've all been watching. நாடு சுதந்திரம் அடைஞ்ச நாளில் இருந்து நாங்கள் தமிழரா எங்களோட மொழியை சுதந்திரமாக பேசுகிற உரிமை முப்பத்தி மூணாம் ஆண்டு ஜூலை மாதம் அந்த இரவு முழு கொழும்பு நகரமும் ஒரு தீச்சுவாலையாக மாறிடுவாச்சு அந்த தருணத்தில் இருந்து இந்த நாட்டில் நான் ஒரு யுத்தத்துக்குள்ளே வளர்ந்தேன் முப்பது வருஷமாக தமிழருக்கும் சிங்களவருக்கும் இடையில் முப்பது வருஷமா தமிழ் போராளிகளுக்கும் இலங்கை இராணுவத்துக்கும் இடையில ஒரு குரூர யுத்தம் நடந்துச்சு ஆனால் அது என்ன நடந்தா அந்த சில இடங்களில் நாங்கள் விட்ட புள்ள இப்போ எங்களோட உண்மையான வழி எப்படி ஒரு கோர பயங்கரமாக மாறிச்சு Okay, um, so you've probably all um, been watching Demons in Paradise over the weekend. Um, and uh, thank you for joining us. I am uh, going to hand over to our chief editor from Himal South Asian, um, Roman Gautam, who will um, speak a few words. Thank you, Raisa. I'm going to get out of the way as quickly as possible because I think we're all here to listen to what Jude has to say, and rightly so. Jude, I just wanted to say a big thank you for, for sharing your, your film with us. Enormously powerful. So many parts of it. I um, I mean, there's The Act of Killing, which is, I'm sure, a film that you're aware of. I'm sure that many others have also watched. There were echoes of that, I think, also in, uh, you know, when I was watching this film, couldn't help but think of that. But also in many ways, I mean, you know, that's a rough comparison. I think, you know, what you've done is also so enormously powerful. This is, of course, a story that needs to be told and retold because so many people would want all of it to be forgotten or various parts of it to be forgotten, but you refuse to forget and you show it in all the different parts that have to be remembered. Um, and you do it through your family, which I think was enormously powerful, but also I think, you know, just more than anything else, thank you for letting us see in, to look in to what you have shown. 
Um, so many parts of the film stuck in my mind. I think, you know, more than anything else, the words of, of well, it could be your father. Uh, I, of course, don't speak Tamil and I would butcher the Tamil if I even tried, but in English, you know, that, that um, the, those beautiful lines where he, beautiful and heartbreaking lines where he says, we make an ocean of our tears, we make boats of our hearts and our love will be the battle that takes us across. I mean, yeah. Um, thank you again for sharing all of that and for giving us a glimpse into your family. And I'm sure that that wasn't easy for your family um, that entire process and to have the courage to put that out in the world as well. So on behalf of, I think everyone, all of us who've been lucky enough to watch the film, um, thank you to you. Thank you for sharing it with Screen South Asia and also a massive thank you to your family. I hope that you'll pass that on from all of us. Um, with that, um, with thanks to the Himal South Asian team behind the scenes um, running the show and especially Alok and Raisa for leading the way, I will hand it over to them and let the, the show roll on. Thanks. Uh, thanks, Roman. Uh, quickly, I'm going to introduce Jude. And on that note, apologize because earlier in some of our promotional material, including on our website, we had given some wrong information in Jude bios. So I'm going to keep it short. Uh, Jude Tadlam is a Sri Lankan film director. He worked in NGOs before becoming a filmmaker. And his film, Demons in Paradise, which we are going to talk about today, was made over the span of 10 years, along with a French team and Tamil and Singhalese partners. Uh, Demons in Paradise was nominated for two awards at the Cannes Film Festival. It also won the Best Film Award at the Rambada Trophy at Film South Asia 2017. Um, welcome, Jude, and over to you, Raisa. Thanks, Alok. Um, so to start things off, um... I guess we have to start with the your journey from the South to the North in the wake of the 1983 violence. Um, can you tell us about your memories about that journey across the country and you know your uh, your story of migration, essentially? Thank you for that question, Raisa. First of all, I would like to thank uh, Alok, uh, Roman, and, and yourself for having me here today. And uh, I have to again just reiterate that um, I never imagined uh, I would make a film. I was, I was dragged into making a film, or rather something moved through me, and it got, it got itself made. That's what I keep saying wherever I go. So in that sense, I am uh, I would want to apologize to any filmmaker who, whose films were mentioned in the in the previous uh, uh, bio, uh, and it was by uh, completely by mistake, and uh, there was no intention from any party to offend anyone there. Right? I just want to record that here. And to come to your question, uh, Raisa, um, well, um, thinking of '83. What remains in my memory vividly is, is what you see and hear in the film also is, is just two things. One, probably the first thing I remember is the, is the train journey, the train, right? And, and um, so it's, 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 it's a kind of um, um, a paradoxical uh, relationship that you have with this object. With, with the train that uh, that has the ability to move you from some one point to another point. 
but then it's the very thing that also um, caused, in some sense, through colonial rule, uh, the, the atrocities that one witnessed uh, in 83 and then onwards and even even today in some sense, even though it's not uh, vivid and uh, uh, I would say it's rather more discreet now than, than it used to be. So, um, um, so that's one thing that I remember vividly. And, and the, the, the other thing was my mother's words. So essentially it's the, it's, the, it's the visual and the oral finally, right, isn't it? It's the visual of the train and the oral sound of your mother telling you shut up, don't speak in Tamil. And, and I think uh, in some sense, uh, the, the, the whole effort of making uh, Demons in Paradise was trying to um, fathom uh, this, this gulf between the oral and the visual. Uh, um, so all I remember about the journey was, uh, was getting into the train in, in Kalambo Fort and, and that's it, I can't remember. And then once we came uh, to the Tamil parts, uh, I remember how we, we flung open the windows and I still remember that part, yes, where we slept for several nights looking at the stars. Uh, because we were so confined to close space, spaces in in uh, in Colombo, uh, being in darkness. So that's one thing that I remember as a child: uh, the windows being flung open, and uh, probably for about a week or two, we slept uh, looking at the stars. So this I remember, and that's all that I remember of the of the actual journey. Uh, thank you, Jude. Um, you already touched on trains, and our next question was about trains. Trains are such a major part of the film. You know, we go on so many train rides, and initially you have said that you actually wanted to make this films about trains and conflict. Uh, what made you want to focus on trains in, in the beginning, and were you, that for while that focus stakes, what made you change the script to make it more of a personal story? <laughs> That was accidental, right? So initially, there was this whole idea of of uh, uh, so uh, as you would read in my bio, I had uh, for some time uh, got into do, doing some work with NGOs during, especially during the during the ceasefire. So I, I think it was a stint was from two thousand till about two thousand four until the tsunami struck right so that was the time that I was working in the NGOs in Colombo and so I had uh, the opportunity of traveling uh, to the war torn areas and during the ceasefire in 2002 that led me into these zones where the where the war was formally fought and that's where I think the the uh, uh, I would call it the dismemberment of the railways uh, from the topography of of of, of the physique of Sri Lanka was quite um, 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 quite ingrained, or, or rather, I would even say that visiting the the LTT control areas and to see the, uh, the, all these ravaged was, I think kept working in my mind somehow, and that's how I came when. Again, you know, I, 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 as I keep saying, I don't think I will make another film either. And this is probably the only film that I will make as well. So because I was dragged into it. So when the opportunity came uh, through the French embassy to pr uh, 
propose an idea for film for me the first uh, uh, the first thing that came to me was this uh, of, of the dismemberment of the north and south uh, uh, through uh, through the railways and this is what i proposed but then i started writing about it and it was very didactic you know reading about the conflict uh, and of, of having my own experiences of traveling and all that but it until it until very lately in the project probably uh, because initially i shot the train and there was a teaser which looked cinematic and then that's what led me into france and and where the, the producer i worked with her for two years and and at one point after which was in maybe in after probably after the war ended and this was in 2000 uh, nine latter part that because I had started working on the film since 2007 she just came up because I had written somewhere about this experience of ex uh, escaping in the train in 1983 and then she said you know what probably the the actual film lies here and that's where I was a bit hesitant because uh, because you know to put yourself into this big um, meta theater of, of conflict and, and, and death and all that. And to suddenly to say, uh, and I didn't want to make a narcissistic film either. So hesitantly, but I think the hunch of, of, of Julie, my producer again, I think something feminine, uh, right? that, because she was also in confinement at that time. And uh, my wife was expecting, uh, or, or maybe Nathan was born by that time. Yes, and this kind of coincided, uh, coincided, and 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 this whole notion about a child fearing for death, uh, five-year-old. I think that struck a chord between both of us, uh, and uh, and that's what led into the personal journey from there. Then, of course, the uncle, my family, and everything. I have no rational answer to this, Alok. Sorry, it's uh, right. No, it's I not a rational Thank you for that, Jude. Um, you mentioned early on um, the dismemberment of the railways, which is something that you kind of uh, foreground in the film as well. Um, and I also wanted to ask you a little bit about reenacting. Um, because there's a couple of scenes in the film where, you know, people are reenacting, in a sense, the kind of different kinds of, you know, disguise to escape from violence. For example, uh, dressing in different clothes, wiping off their potu. Um, and then you did have the scene of the person sawing the railway. So I just wanted to ask... Um, you know what? Um, why you made that choice, and how did people who you were filming, um, what were their reactions um, to to that kind of reenactment? Yeah, so that, that was of course, Raisa. It, it, it's solely due to Ritipan's S twenty one, the film that really, um, uh, you know, struck stuck stuck a wedge into me while I was. Uh, um, thinking about making demons and 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 so I I happened to watch Ritipan's S21, which is on the on on the torture camps in 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 Rouge, uh, Cambodia, right? And in that uh, Ritipan uses this uh, 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 filmic trope of 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 re reenactment, uh, which I thought was. Uh, 
I mean, because he brings back these former rebels and asks them uh, to perform what they did, like in what Roman mentioned uh, about how in, in, in the act of killing as well. It, uh, and it's, it's a tradition, but it's only later on that I found out that the tradition actually starts with uh, Claude Lanzmann with Shoah. Right, uh, Claude Lanzmann had done it with uh, with the Holocaust, uh, and it's a four-episode uh, uh, magnum opus by by Lanzmann, and and then through Ritipan I discovered Lanzmann, and while making uh, making demons, uh, uh, the act of killing uh, came in as well. So the demons, I think, was released after act of act of killing. Yes, yes. I remember it, I, the, the, the timeline correctly. So uh, yeah, so that was the one one big influence on me, and and because how do you how do you revisit a past um, uh, when it has kind of traumatic memory, uh, other than in a fictitious sense was the real question, right, and then. This, this whole idea of taking people back to those places, uh, it is not until I, I actually took those people that I realized that places do, places, objects, things, uh, spaces do react on you or act on you and you react to them somehow, right? And and I guess that, that that's something almost... Uh, um, Otherworldly, there is an other otherworldliness in taking people to those uh, those spaces. Uh, so every time I wanted to reenact, I made sure that uh, or that that's what Lanzmann had done and Ritipan had done, or even uh, the director of uh, uh, I forget his name, but anyway, um, uh, of of, of uh, the act of killing had done is is to take people back to those very places where. These, these traumatic events took place. And I think those have an effect on you and they they act upon you or they react upon you and then you act upon them. So there is a there is a kind of a connection that goes on there. Wow. Thank you. Thank you, Jude. Um so moving a little bit on a different to a different side, I found the approach to music in this film so much unique and it gave me a sense of horror at times like there was something about to happen and I was sort of waiting for it. Um, can you speak about uh, the music and sound designing process uh, during the post-production of this film? Yeah, so the composer that I worked with um, is a good friend of mine and he, uh, we had been uh, so since ever since I came down uh, from Candy to Colombo, uh, we had been friends for like 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 a long time. When we started making the film, we had been already friends for uh, for a decade. And um, you wouldn't believe that the very first English film that he saw with me, uh, that I showed him at my place, was Godfather. Right. So that's the very first film that he saw. The English film that he saw with me and. And I guess uh, the the impact that the Godfather had on him, and and then we when when we started working on it, and and if you looked at the music of Godfather, it's very interesting that uh, music occurs as a as an afterthought always, right? It occurs as an afterthought, um, holding this uh, the the, uh, the the image space 
uh, as a hologram, right? Uh, so, and he's also an IT engineer, my friend. So he uh, and I, when we started, I'm just trying to tell the, the process. Of course, I don't know how the, the composing and the, course, and the horror part, right? But I'm just trying to talk about the composing part of it. Uh, and uh, uh, so um, uh, how we worked was that every time he looked at a scene, we discussed that music shouldn't intrude into it because it would intrude the space of the image. And then music should sit as a space by itself and and be an afterthought and uh, and of course the horror and then the sense of horror is is i think quite uh, is pervaded throughout the film isn't it and uh, and for me putting the camera on the train was always about fear always about that's one thing i we we i would talk with the cinematographer would say i mean shoot it as as the scariest thing in the world you'd ever see right and uh, and and that's how we approached the train. And so that's why I, I I say that you have this. Probably you, you I'm reminded of uh, uh, Jung here, who who I think said that uh, where your greatest fear, that's where your work is, right? Uh, so it, it's it's kind of a paradoxical uh, relationship that you have with this object. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Great, uh, thank you. Thank you, Jude. Uh, and before I get into the next question, I'm just going to play a clip that kind of relates to the question from Finn. What I'm thinking now is like, but I know you're sitting there, Mele. But Nan Oraltan Mandarin Zera, Mele, and they get to know where in the Telo Adibudi Lerndakal. I know they are alive. They are living in Canada. They are living happily, but I don't know. They still think what they did is right. Like Okay, you go and have a talk with them and uh, at least or talk with them and say, I'm going to do just okay. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Killed all of them, 800, 900 people those days. Uh, it's a big number. It's a big number. I'm going to count one minute, 10,000, 30,000, count one minute. But 800 in those days and trained people and those people were like
So my next question is also on something that was very much a theme in your film, which is on silence within the Tamil community. Um, I think what kind of marked out uh, your film was that you were very critical of um, Tamil militant formations, including the LTTE. Um, so I wanted to start off by asking you, why do you think there is this silence when it comes to um, criticism of these some of these groups? Simply it's because of fear, isn't it? Um, it's it's, it's uh, fear, fear dominates. And, and when there is fear, uh, there is work to be done. And when you don't want to do the work, uh, then uh, there is repression, right? And there's repression. And, uh, and uh, um, if, I may, if I may just uh, um, stretch on that question a little bit, uh, Raisa, uh, I guess that uh, it's easy for us to kind of um, put it all on the LTT, the militants, and say, oh, this was a past that was there, uh, and there was this atrocity, and now it's over, and it's, it's gone. I would, I would say it was only... It was only evident then. Now it's more discreet. That's what I meant. Uh, so uh, the, the the fear that that had come through the 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 the, uh, the hegemony of, of of colonialism is still there. It's lurking there. It's just that uh, demons in paradise was only an attempt to look it in the eye through the historical moment of the of the militant massacres so that's why people ask me uh, your your film is not historically accurate because there were other things because i was not making a historical film i was interested in something else right uh, right so in that sense um, uh, 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 I would say the uh, fear has now metamorphosed itself into more, more subtle, uh, more, uh, more clever ways of uh, of of of, of uh, uh, pervading spaces. And when I say spaces, it's the space of the mind, or of 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 of, the, of something that lies within all of us, right? And it it is also because of that. I I also sense that to confront it either in Jaffna or in Sri Lanka, which has not been screened still to the public. Uh, this is something I, I will bring up here, uh, is, is due to that fear of confronting this. Right? It's not just the LTTE. LTTE was only, uh, or, the, or the militant uh, massacre was only the, uh, the, 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 uh, the visible, uh, uh, enactment of that fear. Thank you for that. Uh, yeah, thank you, Jude. Um, you earlier mentioned um, that your producer is a French person, and so was your, some of your crew, I believe, and you worked with a French editor. And, you know, uh, you know, this is not uncommon these days. Films are produced internationally. Documentary films are produced internationally these days. But what was the editing and script writing process, which, you know, was, in, was not in French? 
uh, let's say, is, uh, you know, what was that like for you? And also, you know, were there a lot of translations and back and forth? And do you think on a certain level as an editor, it helped the editor to not know the language? Uh, well, um, how do I say that? First of all, I have to say there was very little choice I had uh, whom I would work with, right, in the, in the process. Uh, but I, I, in hindsight, I'm I'm so glad that I uh, I, I ended up working with uh, with uh, with the French per se, right, uh, because of the sensibilities that they bring into the, the the cinematic world of documentary and and perceiving like people like Chris Marker and and. Uh, Alan Rennie, who had broken this uh, this ceiling of perceiving reality as something didactic and and factual, and it was done long time back, right? So that helped me in a sense to delve more uh, into the, the 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 deeper questions of existence and things like that, right? And um, but in the writing process, of course, um, uh, I would say in hindsight, I I would say. Uh, I, I, there was a blessing in disguise also because I was uh, uh, bothered least uh, bothered less by the producer because of the distance as well. There, there was no pressure because the people asked me why did you take ten years to make the film? Partly because it took its own time to ferment and all that, and and also the producer. I mean, they don't make just one film; they make other films as well. This was just one part of it, and uh, so I was left alone on my own to kind of uh, uh, deal with uh, with the structure and and uh, 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 mainly the writing process was to understand what I am trying to deal with here, and that's what I learned in the process of making the film with the French is that. When, when I went to France for the first time and they said you have to write something for the documentary, it was it was ludicrous to me. I was thinking, I mean, how do you how do you write something that you want to already that exists outside? Uh, but then it's, it's through the writing that you actually take the power. And and I, I'm reminded of Bresson here who said, by by that writing process, you actually uh, you're creating this reality to somehow if I may dare use this term, uh, to serve the mind that precedes. So that's what that I encountered when I went to film with the camera, those moments that popped up with, with these people, I could have never, uh, never even imagined those, those moments. But again, uh, to, to put it um, uh, um, in, the, in the loop, there was this moment of sitting and thinking and the structure emerging that actually led the mind to proceed somehow. And that's what popped up with these people coming from nowhere and, uh, and, and even uh, the, the last scene that we did uh, with, the, with the militants, it wouldn't have been strong if not for, uh, for a, for, for a actual physical, almost a physical clash with uh, with a group of youngsters in Telepale uh, area where we wanted to actually film it. And, and that some, somehow, you know, boosted these, uh, these uh, former militants to come and sit in front of the fire and really you know, come out in that sense, uh, which, I mean, then one wonders who's actually directing the film, right? 
<laughs> so yeah, so this was something that that that, that working with the French was was something that I wouldn't have even imagined if I had been in Sri Lanka. I'm not trying to down. I mean, you know, run down. But but what I meant by being in Sri Lanka is that the, the notion of understanding cinema and 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 and. Uh, and, and and, and encountering reality wouldn't have been as as rich if I hadn't had the exposure with uh, yeah. But having said that, all the crew was from. Of course, the editing was done, and that was also a choice. And I I wanted to work with a female editor because editing was all about um, they say swing, but also it's about dancing in some sense. It's 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 it's, it's a dancing thing for me. So there's something very feminine about editing. So uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, so that, um, and, and she had worked on a film on Rwanda previously and all that I think uh, helped. Great, thank you, and thank again, you. Uh, these are not rational choices, They're really, really on the, um, uh, you know, by 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 on on the gut, right? You go by gut, and I trust uh, my gut more than anything else. Right. Speaking of emotion, um, you know, we do have to bring up that um, I believe in it was in two thousand and eighteen. Um, the film was due to be screened at in Jaffna at the yeah. Jaffna Film Festival, and then it was pulled from the lineup. Um, so I was wondering if you could speak a little bit about um, the circumstances surrounding that, why it was pulled from the lineup, and you know what that kind of indicates. Uh, as I said, uh, but, um, as I alluded to it already, uh, Raisa, uh, that it's it's the it's the uneasiness to confront fear, right? Uh, so and it is it was not just about Jaffna. Again, I want to reiterate that it's not just about Jaffna. Uh, there was a whole political uh, uh, aura to it, uh, uh, right? And and uh, it's easy to kind of again as it, as it is easy to put everything on the LTT and say oh it was it was it was just a horrible horrible past of the LTT. One has to ask what created the conditions. That's that's the question one needs to ask. What created? Who created the conditions? Right. Uh, so it's the same with the Jaffna uh, International Film Festival as well. So there, uh, what came up was was this again this fear to confront the 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 what I call the invaded space. Right. Not just by the commoner of Jaffna, but I would say, I think this is more of a. That's where the politics comes, and this is, this is more of a problem of, of of who wields power and 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 who doesn't want to look in the eye, or who doesn't want people to look it in the eyes, is is what came up in in Jaffna. So I would rather stop there with with regards to Jaffna. Sure. Um, but. On moving forward, like how is the Tamil community reacted to the film in your experience? Those who have managed to see it, and was there a difference in reactions in Jaffna versus in Colombo, for example? 
um, if, 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 if you take it as a whole, the, the Tamil community's reaction per se has been of one of silence so far. Right? Those who have uh, probably uh, aligned with the film would keep silence as well. And, and those who are against it also would keep silence as well. So this is what I have, I could say about that. But again, I would not only just confine this to, for instance, I, I would probably bring this up here. Uh, I am still surprised uh, and I still wonder, but I think I know uh, uh, why that is as well. Even though the film was supported by one of the international film festivals while it was being uh, made, but once the film made it to a place like Cannes, we can talk about Cannes in a, in, a, in a different sense. It's not. I'm not saying that's an absolute place to go to, but what I'm saying is, in a, in a cinematic sense, you want to end up somewhere with uh, in a place like Cannes. But then, this festival, which had supported you, didn't want to uh, screen the film. It's that was not in Jaffna. This was somewhere else. I'm not going to mention the festival's name, but uh, but I'm saying. This was some, somewhere else, totally uh, away from Sri Lanka, that had nothing to do with with, with Jaffna, with LTT, with... Why? Thank you for that. And um, I also was wondering whether you view this film differently in the current context, you know, given this past where there was just recently, last year, there were these um protests around the economic crisis and in the backdrop of that there were these questions that were then being raised about um memorialization about um you know sri lanka's past and the civil war so you know in light of those discussions that uh, began happening um around the protests i'm wondering if you view it differently or would you say that some of the issues that you are trying to tackle in the film still remain the same. With regard to the protest, I could only uh, say what's close to me because I was uh, not part of it uh, to begin with. Uh, but then at one point during the protest, uh, the film was uh, requested by, by the organizers. Uh, then I said I would give the film, but then the the reply came to me saying that the film is not relevant to to the pro protest, right? So I guess, you know, confronting can happen in two ways and confronting is always about movements for me. It's, it's a movement. Uh, that's why we call any in the protest also as movement, right? As, as something that moves. But I, what, what this tells me is that movements can be, there can be real movements and fake movements. This is what, what it tells me. So uh, for me, I, I'm now very uh, apprehensive about movements, right? Uh, so even cinema is a form of movement for you, right? Um, and so the, uh, it could easily deceive you. The movement can actually easily deceive you of, uh, of, of, of making the discernment between what is a real movement and a fake movement. It's a very philosophical answer, I know, but, um, I, I, but 
this is the only way I could um, I could uh, talk about um, uh, resistance, revolutions, and um, uh, um, protests and things like that. Uh, I believe Raisa will play a small clip before the sure. next question. Yeah. Um, also, before I do that, just to also tell everyone who's listening that if you have any questions, please drop them in the chat box and we'll try to take them at the end. I've got one question already. Um, so if you have any questions, uh, please ask them. Vijay Um, uh, I'm going to go ahead and ask the question. Yes, um, please go ahead. Uh, um, sorry. Uh, hi, Jill. So, um, how would you describe the state of Islamic nationalism today from your perspective? And is it united or fractured? Quite a quite a binary question for me. Um, <laughs> it's not so um, uh, not so binary uh, uh, to look at. I would put it this way, Alok. You know, for instance, um, how do you confront fear? Is 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 how I would begin. 
by asking about uh, going into the question of nationalism, right? And um, it's something that comes through the fear of losing one's identity of one's past of one's uh, of. Uh, uh, but then I think it's um, it's interesting that through by being um, anti-fear, you actually become slave to the fear. Right? Uh, mm. And 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 so anti-this, anti-that, anti-this, it, it only leads you into, into a sense of more and more metamorphosing and not really, not really um, going beyond the fear. I've asked, but if you ask me, then it comes down to a very singular, uh, uh, a case of singularity of, of each person, what one carries within oneself, and then that becomes the community, the, the national and, and all that, right? So so to, to confront this uh, is, is, is something that I find that uh, uh, in a, in a po political space, which has, which has not done uh, how would I put it, uh, which has not done um, much work uh, so far. It has only been uh, only being uh, being um, uh, being anti, and by through it being anti, it, it actually becomes slave to the very thing that it wants to get rid of. And 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 for me, Tamil nationalism is only one case of that. Then we can talk about many nationalisms. Then, right? It, but uh, to, to talk of, many, uh, of Tamil nationalism, it has only just metamorphosed itself into anti that, anti this, and it has only remained within the within that uh, fear uh, fear psychosis. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much. Um, I think we we have lost Raisa, so I'm gonna ask the next next question as well. Um, sure. hopefully she'll be back soon. Uh, do you, uh, I just joined again. Sorry. Oh, sorry great, about great. <laughs> Over to you, um, Yes, sorry about the technical difficulties. But um, just wanted to also ask, um, as we said earlier, uh, Demons in Paradise is very much um, a personal story and a personal history. So um, I guess we just wanted to ask why you think um personal histories are so important um and why do you think it's important to tell uh during times of conflict i i would agree and disagree with you raisa in the sense it is a personal film but then it it, it goes beyond the person of of, of the self of uh, so-called uh, Jude Ratnam of, of being uh, Tamil in living in Sri Lanka uh, and why does it resonate with somebody and that's the power of, 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 of any art and especially of cinema is that um, I think the, that's why I talked about the, the notion of movement is very key for me to understand image right in the sense like who who is a person like every are you are you are you this person who's told you are like you are a Tamil and you, you have been born to create a state for yourself and for that you will fight for that you will kill people and then eventually you will have the space 
is something that 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 I I think the film questions in a sense. And I'm also very tired of of all these biographies nowadays. Everybody wants to make make biographies today, and and, and to confide themselves to this monad, which is which 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 in a sense is, oh, I am this, and that's all I am. And for me. Any image is not something that could be confined. There is an eternal movement within the image that keeps changing, right? And, and, and unless you let that movement go through you, the real moment movement to go through you, then you will, you will see the, the becoming or, or the changing, uh, which is essential for, for, for not just for individuals, but for communities, for families, for, for, for nations. For them, uh, for, uh, and, and, and I think uh, what we are with, um, with, with, with me being a Tamil and all that, I think what, what, what it alludes is that we are stuck in this monad and we are not letting, letting the movement go through. And I don't, and it, that's, the, that's the claim in the film at the end of the film, which became very popular with BBC, uh, flaunting it on, on, on the pages of saying, uh, I wished my people dead, uh, even though they were being killed and I became a traitor. And, and that claim of, of being traitor is, is to this, is, to, is 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 the resistance to be to become this monad, right? And and so what's personal in that sense for me? It is yes, finally personal is political, but um, but personal is something that actually eludes the eludes the person as well uh, mm -hmm. somehow. Interesting. Thank you for that, Jude. Um, I also just want to um, ask a question that came from the audience that was sent to me. Um, so uh, this person uh, was asking about this particular scene in the movie um, from which was pulled from one of the clips where um, someone was describing being given uh, Tamils kind of handing out Coke bottles um, to people who were kind of standing guard uh, during um, a particular massacre. And um, this person was asking about the role of ordinary people uh, who are witnessing violence and whether what personal memories you had from your life of ordinary people kind of standing by and kind of witnessing violence and, um, yeah, and kind of spectating in the same way whether you had personal memories of that. Oh, that's everywhere today, isn't it? You walk into a, a movie from South India and you will see it. You, 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 you witness the violence and, 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 and you enjoy it in some sense in the name of, in the name of your community or justice or, I'm sorry, I'm, 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 I'm being a little light and, I'm, I'm, but 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 isn't that isn't that the whole question isn't it is what is to witness something and and then to then to then to justify something of course i didn't in my my young days i never witnessed anything in that sort but probably in in candy when i was living i had seen um or even that i can uh, i've only heard that the bodies were floating in in mahavali river uh, that was during the insurrection in 89 
of the South, right? Uh, uh, right. But um, so again, it's 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 uh, it's again easy for one to say, oh, this is something outside of me that's happening. But who creates the conditions? How are the create? How are the conditions created? Is is my question, right? So, uh, um, it, and that is something that I think we need to confront as sing as as singular beings initially, and that's where for me the hope of cinema is because you could you could sit in a in a darkened room and still be addressed in a singular manner through cinema. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Um, uh, sorry, uh, Rice, I'm going to ask the next audience question. Um, sure. Um, so somebody asked, uh, Jack Healy, formerly of Amnesty International, once said that dissidents often end up mirroring the behavior of their oppressor. This has happened in Burma too. For example, the Poja massacres where ABSDF turned against each other, accusing 18 of being junta and spies, junta spies and torturing and killing them in in a pit uh, on the Burma-China border. What are your thoughts on this? And by this, uh, the belief, the quotation that dissidents often end up mirroring the behavior of their oppressors. Yeah, so that's that's probably that. Um, uh, if I if I'm not uh, entirely uh, um, moving away from what the question is. Is, is, is that's exactly what I meant by becoming anti-something, right? By by being a dissident of something, and actually, but you but you you eventually turn into that, and and the the, the, the whole point of uh, the question of justice is 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 quite dangerous. Then then it becomes very dangerous, right? It becomes quite dangerous because then it justifies anything uh, for that, right? And it's only the, uh, a mirroring effect of the oppressor and uh, in a sense it's it's something like people like Paolo Coelho had already written about uh, in uh, seeing this in 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 South America right so yeah i would i would rather agree yes but to add to it is that um, but how do you how do you um, uh, how do you um, address this is to is, there's only one way is to confront your fears is the only way there's, there's no other way. There's no other way. Thank you. And we have one more um, question from uh, the audience. Um, so uh, this is kind of adding on to what I asked earlier. Um, so uh, Jude, at one point you say near the end of the documentary that violence was somewhat rooted within the Tamil community. Um, and this person is asking whether it was the silence of the community that made you feel that way or what exactly it was that made you feel that way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The silence that was within me, that was the whole whole point, isn't it? It was it was there. It was lurking there. It was lurking within you. So am I am I am I uh, holier than thou? Um, um, uh, person uh, from my community? No, it couldn't have been. I'm part and parcel of it. And it was lurking within me. It, 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 it's just that through cinema, I, I 
I confronted it. I, I'm not saying everybody has to make a film to confront it. It can be confronted in the most mundanest of senses, I guess, if you have the courage to do so. Thank you for um, that, Jude. Sorry, yes. go ahead. No, yeah, thank you, Jude. Uh, I think we are at the end, uh, right, Rice? Yes, that's right. Yeah. Uh, um, thank you so much, Jude. Uh, thank you from uh, both of us, of course, and from the Himal team and from South Asia, of course. Um, film, uh, Screen South Asia is a monthly screening event uh, with a Q&A followed up that is jointly run by Film South Asia and Himal South Asian and it is organized by Himal South Asian, uh, where we screen films from Film South Asia's archives. And today uh, we had the honor of uh, inviting Jude Ratnam here. Uh, thank you again, Jude. And uh, I thank think you. we're going to end here. If you have any uh, last words, otherwise we're going to end. Uh, no, thank you, uh, Alok. Thank you, Raisa, Roman, and uh, Shweta for having me today, and the rest of the team, whoever is behind this. Uh, it's been a pleasure. And uh, I hope uh, more than my, my words, which only makes two cents, uh, the film would make more sense uh, to the viewers. Thank you so much, Jude. Thank you very much. Thank you, everyone. Bye -bye.